here's where it's confusing is like a lot of people are, are registered with ASCAP and BMI because you have to be registered as a songwriter with a performing rights organization locally. You yep. don't have to be registered as a songwriter with the MLC if you have an ad, if you have a publisher or somebody collecting that. Money. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because that's another great one. Right. So on the performance side, the those royalties are divided into two pools, a writer's pool and a publisher's pool. Yeah. And um, on the mechanical side, there is no similar split between a writer share and a publisher share. There is simply a mechanical royalty. So that means if you've signed up for a song trust or if you have a music publisher, they can collect 100% of those mechanicals on your mm -hmm. behalf, and then they, they split it however your deal works, the 15% for them, 85% for you, whatever. Right. Um, same is true if you're self-administered. If you don't have a publisher, if you don't work with a, a pub admin like song trust, you can then sign up to be a member and collect 100%. So mm -hmm. basically, that means if you co-wrote a song with a writer who signed with the biggest publishing company in the world, you're going to get the same amount in royalties on your 50% share of that song as the published writer's publishing company is going to get because yeah. you're essentially your own publishing company. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business. I am buzzing after this interview that I just had with Chris Arendt. He is the CEO of the MLC. The MLC is the Mechanical Licensing Collective. Now, this is the organization that was set up and appointed by Congress, by uh, the Copyright Office, uh, after the Music Modernization Act was signed into law. So the, the Music Modernization Act was signed into law in 2018. Uh, the MLC was appointed the organization that was going to crunch all these numbers in 2019, and they officially went into effect January 1st of 2021. Now, what the MLC does, I'm going to just break it down really simply, uh, and then you'll hear from Chris and, and how we break it down even much deeper. But basically, they're collecting mechanical royalties from streaming services, from DSPs in the United States. So every stream from the United States on any DSP, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever, every DSP has to pay the MLC. And the MLC then pays out the rights holders. So that's typically publishers. Now, mechanical royalties, we're going to break this down even further, but just so you have a your strong foundation as you're getting into this, these are just royalties for songwriters. So if you wrote a song, you are entitled to mechanical royalties. Now, the MLC is based in the United States. There are other organizations based all over the world. And we get into the weeds on, on what you're supposed to do and who you should sign up with and how to collect all these. This was a very informative conversation. Get out your notepad. Get out your pen and paper. There's a lot of call to actions on what you're supposed to do here. I wrote an article about this on Ari's Take.com. So if you prefer to read this and you want to see it laid out there, 
while you're listening, your head might start to spin right off, but you can put it right back on and head on over to ariestake.com and you can read up my full report on this with the links and the call to actions and all of that good stuff. But you probably heard the headline that there was over $400 million in unclaimed, unmatched royalties that were sent from these DSPs to the MLC, historical unmatched royalties. These are This is the money that Spotify and Apple Music and everybody else, Amazon, was sitting on. They didn't know who to pay. So now they paid the MLC. So now the MLC's job is to figure out who to pay here. And we went through this. We actually, at a point in the interview, in real time, are on their website searching my music, my songs, in their public database. Because, yes, they have a public database. We're searching through the public database, and we found some heirs. <laughs> and so he talks about what to do if you find heirs. So you, they're actually paying uh, the people properly. Um, so definitely... Get out your notepad. This is a, a jam-packed interview. Uh, very, very helpful. And I really appreciate Chris taking the time to educate all of us. As always, you can find us at Ari's Take on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can find me at Ari Herstan on Instagram and Twitter. Head on over to Ari'sTake.com. Sign up on that email list. That's where you're going to get uh, all the most up-to-date information. All right. Let's kick into the show. Chris, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, Ari. Thanks. <laughs> hey, so where are you coming to me from right now? Are you in Nashville? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, is there an MLC headquarters or because this, because you guys launched uh, during the pandemic, everyone has just been remote? Uh, we are fully remote and right now fully distributed in uh, about a dozen states and a, a small group over in London. So we're we're everywhere and nowhere, but uh, we will have headquarters here in Nashville, and uh, looks like we'll we'll have the building done, and uh, we'll have the keys in a couple of months. Nice. And hopefully, by then it'll be safe to actually start going there. Totally, yeah. Um, I've seen that you have built up quite an impressive team. Uh, I think at my last count on your website, uh, there's sixty uh, official team members, members, employees. Is that correct? Yeah, we're we're probably further uh, further uh, up now, closer to seventy or seventy five. But uh, cool. yeah, it's been big. Nice. So let's let's step back a little bit. Let's let's um, break down. I think a lot of people don't really know. This might be their their first introduction to the MLC. Um, so you know, not getting in too far into the weeds of of the Music Modernization Act, the 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 bill that passed in twenty eighteen was signed into law. Uh, that that was the reason that the MLC became what it is today. Uh, can you just give us uh, your spiel on what is the MLC and what do you do? Sure. Um, we collect money that ultimately goes to rights holders um, on the publishing side of the business. So um, for a lot of your uh, listeners, I'm sure they make music, which means mm-hmm. they both write the songs they perform and then they perform for recordings that they make and they own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do that all together. But from a legal standpoint or a business standpoint, there are two sets of rights there, the sound recording rights and the song rights. Mm-hmm. So we're a company that collects royalties that are related to the song rights. Mm-hmm. We pay them to publishers uh, or self-administered songwriters, essentially songwriters who act as their own publishers. Right. So, right, to clarify that, and that's a really important distinction. I'm glad you started off with that. Because uh, I think that's probably the most confusing part of rights uh, and and licenses and, and just collection of royalties is that when you record a song, uh, you own or whoever you're if you have a label owns or represents the 
sound recording, like you call it. Some people call it the master. But if you wrote that song, that's a totally different set of royalties, and you own the composition, the the song. And so, um, you know, I think it gets it's a little bit easier to understand if if uh, I wrote a song and you decided to cover my song and release it, I still own the composition of the song. I still wrote it. You don't get to take away my song because I wrote it. But your recording, you own the recording. And if you release the song and if you do self-release it, you own the recording, I own the song. So that's a really important distinction. So what the MLC does is just collects royalties on the song. Let's just talk streams for now because that's the the dominant uh, way that people are consuming music right now. So for streaming services, I know that there are two sets of, uh, let's say, songwriter royalties. There's mm-hmm. performance royalties. There's mechanical royalties. Now, Uh, I think most people are familiar with ASCAP, BMI, CSAC in the States, the performing rights organizations. They collect the performance royalties. Now, the MLC, you handle the mechanical royalties now, right? Correct. And so um, this is, again, the next level of of complication, but it's a good one if you're a songwriter because when you write that song, that that song generates two sets of royalties, Mm -hmm. two, two, two pots of money. The performance royalties, which those organizations you just mentioned collect, mm-hmm. and then the mechanical royalties, and that's what we collect. So mm-hmm. if you're a songwriter and you're looking at that song you wrote and it's in, in a recording up on Spotify, you get paid twice, once mm-hmm. for the performance and once for the mechanicals. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to take care of that second royalty, uh, royalty stream for you. Cool. So now people may have also um, heard of Harry Fox Agency music reports these were what i thought were before the organizations that handled these mechanical rights and royalties prior to the mlc so break that down where are they in this conversation harry fox uh, music reports now and where's the mlc and and how has this all been worked out sure so let's go pre-mma uh, digital services, when they were um, the streaming services, when they were putting songs, recordings up on their service, they were responsible for clearing the publishing. They had to find the songwriter or the publisher that controlled the song, and they had to do a license with them directly and then pay them royalties. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal because some of these large services now, like Spotify and Apple Music, um, they advertise that they've got more than 70 million sound recordings. And we know there are a lot of covers in the world, right? So there aren't that many songs, but there's still tens of millions of songs. Mm -hmm. So they had to do that. But rather than try to do it themselves, um, a lot of digital services look to hire someone to do that for them. Mm -hmm. And Harry Fox and Music Reports are two private companies. They've been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, They offered that service to digital services. Mm -hmm. So before the MMA, if you were a songwriter, there's a good chance that you were getting paid by both of those companies. Um, depending on which service you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Different services hired one or the other. So um, so that's well, how it worked before. Yeah, or didn't work before because uh, the, the reason uh, I think it's important to, to point out that the reason that Spotify and a lot of the other DSPs were getting sued by independent songwriters was because the law – previously had stated that it was the responsibility of these DSPs to actually track down uh, the the owners of these compositions. But oftentimes we're in an era of independent music musicians and independent music, independent songwriters. So a lot of these independent songwriters who are releasing their own music, 
uh, you know, it there was it was a broken system because, for instance, yes. I write my own music. Um, I can distribute it through DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby or any of the others, um, and it will and, and Spotify will put it up. They don't, yeah. unfortunately, but previously they weren't asking, "Hey, DistroKid, hey, CD Baby." Who wrote this song? We're not going to put it up until you tell us who wrote it and how we can track down the writers. They didn't do that. They should have. Spotify should have done this when they launched. They didn't. And I think it was probably just ignorance on their part because they're like, oh, we're just like iTunes, except it's streaming. Except, unfortunately, U.S. copyright law states that downloads, which what iTunes is, has totally different set of rights than streaming. So Spotify messed that up. So did Apple Music. Everybody messed that up. And so that's why they were getting sued. And they were sued, and they're like, oh, well, can we please stop getting sued? And so during the Music Modernization Act uh, discussions, that was kind of the compromise. Uh, we're like, all right, guess what, guys? You're going to stop getting sued. Now, agree to all this, because explain th- – this is the thing that is that is most interesting to me right now, is that the MLC, with your 60, 70, 80 uh, employees that you have and, and all of this stuff, um, when you're collecting the money now – the mechanical world is and you're passing it on to me as a songwriter, you're not taking a cut, right? Exactly. You're not taking a commission. Explain that. <laughs> yeah. It's um well, first, I think what you just said to frame this was was really helpful and important. And and I'd add even one more piece, but sure. the real challenge was it's very hard to clear tens of millions of works with tens of millions of writers and publishers on a work-by-work basis. Right. Like when you were selling records, it was a little easier because it, there aren't as many records and you can kind of get all those rights from the record companies. It, the process worked differently. But when you're talking about 70 million tracks, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. So what, what happens now, the, the law, Congress created a new blanket license. So every digital streaming service that now secures that blanket license has a has a license for every song that they put on their service that exists in the world. Mm. So, and that license covers their use of those songs on their US services. So there's no more licensing issue. That blanket license gets them that license automatically. The second part is they've now got to give all their data and all those royalties to the MLC. So before they had to hire someone to help them do it and it, mm-hmm. it all happened service by service better or worse, none of them were effective. Now, all of that gets centralized and it goes to one organization. Mm. And as you said, the law puts the burden on the services to pay 100% of our operating costs. So we as an organization, our mission is to pay you, Ari, as a songwriter, Mm -hmm. but you pay nothing for that service. The digital services that are using your song, Mm -hmm. they pay all of our costs. That's an extraordinary change in the way things work. Every organization like us that collects royalties and distributes them, they take their costs out of the royalties in the form of an admin fee. So you might get 85% of the royalties you do because that 15% off the top covers the cost of the organization. For us, you get 100%. They cover all of our costs separately and they can't deduct them from the royalties. So they have two separate obligations, pay the royalties at the statutory rate and pay the operating costs for the MLC. What is the statutory rate? <laughs> if only it was an easy question to answer. <laughs> it is It is a, uh, at a very high level, it's like a three-part formula, each part having kind of different pieces to the formula. 
and it changes slightly or more significantly depending on the type of service offering. So the rates may be slightly different for a subscription service um, where, where you as a customer of a Spotify pay a certain amount a month, mm-hmm. then the rates would be if it was the ad-based service where you can use it for free, mm-hmm. but you've got to listen to some ads. And there are, I think, 12 variations, 12 different service types, each of which has its own rate chart. So it is not an easily answered question. And the rate chart, I'm assuming this rate chart was created by the copyright, the U.S. Copyright Office. Is that correct? Uh, kind of. There, um, the rates for uh, the last decade or more have mm-hmm. been set um, by an organization called the Copyright Royalty Board that is mm-hmm. affiliated with the Copyright Office. It's essentially a panel of three judges, and what happens is the representatives of the digital services and the representatives of the rights holders, um, organizations like the NMPA on behalf of publishers, NSAI, um, National Songwriters Association here in Nashville that advocates for songwriters, Mm -hmm. they get together um, and they essentially make a pitch before this board of judges for what they think the rate should be. Mm. And, And that group then ultimately decides what the rates are, those statutory rates. That process plays out every, I think, four years. So they agree on rates for a four year period and then the parties get back together again and they they make their case for what the rate should be for the next four years and then they decide it. We've gone through three versions of that, but the third set of rates has been under appeal um, for the last three years. So they're actually not yet in effect. The new rates. The new rates, yes. Do we have, is there any way that, someone like me, a lay person, uh, could figure out, okay, I got a million streams on Spotify. What is that going to earn me in mechanical royalties? How much am I being paid? So it's possible if you get those rate charts um, and you have the information um, from each service, um, all the different uh, factors that go into that formula, um, you could do that math. Um, one of the things we do now for our members is we publish uh, rate sheets for each digital service that essentially have all of the um, pieces of the formula that the service provides. So in other mm. words, the data points, like the number of subscribers and the revenue pool, all of those data points that go into the formulas, we report them to our members. You can find them on our uh, member portal in the statement section. Mm. You can download those and you can then kind of plug in all those numbers and see. And I think we even show the per uh, the per stream rate at the bottom for each one of those um, services and service offerings. Um, but it again, it it's 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 not it's not as simple as saying 12%. Right. Um, and um, and then you know for the case for a record, if you knew you got a certain percentage of the retail price, you could say, well, uh, you know, that track sells for 99 cents, I could figure out what 20% of 99 cents is and I could know my royalty. Right. That, that was easy in the sale kind of era of the business. It's a little more complicated here, but we do make that information available and that would allow you to figure out, you know, those percentages. Can I get those rate cards from you? Are you a member of the MLC? I am not because Song Trust I is my admin publisher. So this is a great point because um I Song Trust admins my publishing. Yep. Because of that it would be 
redundant or not advisable, right, to join the MLC. Yeah. So um, they will have those rate sheets. We make them available to any member um, we pay. We're kind of pivoting to another really important point, and that is if you are a writer and a performer Mm -hmm. and you you have either – put your your recordings up through a service that also offers publishing admin or like if you CD work baby with, pro publishing or TuneCore publishing something exactly like that. Right. or if you work with song trust which mm-hmm. is a publishing administrator mm-hmm. then they are collecting your mechanicals on your behalf from us so song right. trust for example is a member of the mlc mm-hmm. um, we pay them royalties they pay you so as a self-administered songwriter um you've got a determine whether you have hired someone like that to represent you or not. And the answer is not all or nothing. So if you've written a hundred songs and they're all available on Spotify or one of the streaming services, you may have a song trust representing you for 80 of those, Mm -hmm. 20 of them you keep, you know, you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. You could be a member of the MLC for those 20 songs. I see. You could have your royalties flow through song trust for 80. So one of the things we say a lot when we talk to self-administered songwriters or songwriters in general is there are a whole lot of ways you can set up your business, right? Mm-hmm. And it's important to think about it like that because this is your money. Um, you can do it all yourself. And that's something that, again, didn't exist when I was a kid making music. Right. There were no options for you to DIY it and get into Tower Records unless you knew somebody who worked for Tower Records. Right. Uh, but now you can do it all yourself or you can hire an increasing, a growing number of companies that can provide the services for you. And you can kind of pick and choose. You could, you know, run all your stuff through TuneCore, but keep the publishing admin. Mm -hmm. Or you could hire a company and have them do the admin for you everywhere in the world, but the U.S. and join the MLC in the U.S. Just depends on how you want to set up your business and... Right. So, you know, and that that's kind of the the uh, double edged sword of the new music business is that like, yes, it's a beautiful time to be a musician these days. In my opinion, I think it's one of the best times to be because uh, you don't need permission from anybody to create a music career. I don't need to be signed by a label giving me permission to have a career. I can create one by myself and that there is no one way to do it. But at the same time, because there are so many ways to do it and so many things to figure out myself, it's insanely daunting. So, like, that's, uh, you know, when you say to – I think there's a lot of people who are out there to be like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> like, please don't don't say you – know, like, like what you just said. Like, I understand completely. It's like, oh, yeah, you can, you know, set up your business however you want to set up your business. But, like, I, I know people are listening to this. Like, their heads are spinning right now. It's just like, yes. what, I don't even – like – so I want to break it down really clearly. Now, um, if you don't, as an art, as a songwriter, if you don't have a publisher, you don't have uh, an admin publisher like a song trust, or uh, you didn't opt into CD Baby's Pro Publishing. If you use them for distribution to represent your publishing, you do not have TuneCore Publishing. You literally have nobody collecting your. Um, now, here's where it gets complicated. You don't have people collecting your publishing other than maybe your performing rights organization, like an ASCAP or BMI or CSAC or something like that. Yeah. Then you can sign up for the MLC Correct. as a self-administered songwriter because you don't have a publisher out there. This is where it gets confusing, though, because like I know a lot of people are out there. They're like, oh, well, I'm with BMI, so I'm I'm all set for my publishing, right? Yes. Explain why they're not all set for their publishing if they're just with BMI. What are the royalties out there? 
Like what, what is the MLC doing that BMI is not doing? Yeah. So um, again, there are two sets of rights on the songwriter side that we're talking about the performance rights and the mechanicals ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, GMR, they administer the performance royalties. But on the mechanical side, we are the exclusive administrator of these mechanical royalties that are paid under the blanket license. We were designated by the copyright office in the US. So we're the only place that you can get these. So when you you sign up for one of those PROs, you're getting one of those two um, payment streams. Mm-hmm. And and again, right? If I said to you, I, I can pay you once or twice. How many times do you like to get paid? You're going to say <laughs> twice every time. So when you say, "Oh, I'm good. I'm with BMI," what you're basically saying is, "I'm good with one re- revenue stream, one paycheck. I don't want that second paycheck." And no one's going to say that because they want both. You should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the MLC is your second. So another way to think Got about it. it is, you want to sign up with ASCAP and the MLC, mm-hmm. BMI and the MLC, CSAC and the MLC. Pick yep. one from column A, one from column B. We're the only choice in column B. Right. Um, the challenge is, though, the MLC only collects U.S. mechanicals. We are in an international streaming world. So mm-hmm. last time I looked at my Spotify streams, um, yeah, I had a good number from the U.S., but honestly, maybe 75% of my streams came from outside the U.S. So wow. explain how – because, you know, that's the era we're in right now. I mean, like, yep. you should see my Brazil numbers. It's insane. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I've never been to Brazil, but it's like how the algorithm works or picks it up or I get in that playlist or that playlist, and it's like it's crazy. Um, you know, so, like, that's the thing that for me at least I'm just like, well – what am I supposed to do? Because like if 75% of my streams are coming from outside the US, if I sign up with the MLC and I sign up with with at least ASCAP and BMI, I'm with ASCAP, at least ASCAP has reciprocal agreements with every other performing rights organization in the world. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to sign up with the 50 other performing rights organizations around the world because ASCAP will handle all my performance rights and they collect all my performance royalties from every other performing rights organization. Yep. That's not the case with the MLC, right? No. Um, you know, we we are a product of a federal law, and the federal law was very specific about what we can do and what we can't do. Mm. So unlike ASCAP and BMI, we cannot enter into reciprocal agreements where we collect royalties from other countries and bring them back to you as a songwriter in the U.S. Mm. All we can do is collect these mechanicals for uses of songs in the U.S., and then pay them out to songwriters. So we could pay songwriters everywhere in the world. They're, they're gonna be writers in other countries. Um, we've got more than 50 foreign societies now that are members of the MLC, mm. um, representing songwriters all around the world. But when it comes to getting your songwriter mechanical royalties from Brazil, we're not allowed to do that. So that but, does mean yeah, if sorry. you are a writer, right? The more successful you get, the more you've got to consider those you know, many partners that are out there that can help you. And, and it may be that it makes more sense for you, even though you could become a member of the MLC, mm-hmm. to partner with a company that can not only get you your US mechanicals through us, but get your mechanicals from Brazil and Spain and France and the UK and all those other places. And that, again, that's gonna depend on your personal circumstances. So that makes sense. So, but, but I mean, you made a really good clarifying point. Uh, because there are a lot of people listening to this from outside the US. So if you're an international songwriter, so let's say you're in the UK and you sign up for PRS for the performing uh, performance side, that their yeah. partners are MCPS for mechanicals. Yeah. If I'm based in the UK 
and I am a member of PRS slash MCPS, I'm good, right? I don't have to sign up for the MLC. Um, if if you have done that, and yes, I don't I don't know the specifics of every um, foreign society and what right. you have to kind of check in the boxes, but yes, if you have said to them, I want you to be my exclusive administrator um, in the U.S. and to go get those monies from the use of my songs in the U.S. market and bring them back, then you're good because they're mm. connected with us. So the okay, so the fifty uh, international organizations you said you've partnered with, the money is only flowing one way. Right. From us through them to the songwriter. Got it. So uh, here's the thing, because I was I was having a, a, a very long conversation with a friend of mine um, a couple weeks ago who's a songwriter, producer, artist, and he's trying to figure out his business. And he's had he's had a, a lot of success. Uh, he's totally independent um, as a songwriter. I mean, he's got tens of millions of streams out there. And, and he's trying to figure out, it's like, OK, what is like, who am I supposed to sign up with? Like, do I do the ASCAP MLC route and then just kind of leave these international royalties there because like I don't want to you know because he, here's the challenge song trust um and and uh CD baby Pro publishing tune core publishing they all take 15 percent yep. so the MLC is taking zero percent yep. um and you know ASCAP and BMI and stuff they'll take a, a percentage but like uh they're taking that 15 percent on top of what ASCAP is already taking Yep. So it's like you're crunching the numbers and we're like, yep. all right, well, is it worth it for me to collect these international royalties, taking a 15% hit, uh, not to mention the $100 sign-up fee uh, for Song Trust or $75 for, for TuneCore? Um, should I take that 15% hit or do I go direct to the MLC, make 100%, go direct to ASCAP, make 100% less their their commissions? Um, and then leave my international royalties out there. That's why, like, I want to see a rate. I want to, like, know, like, how much money am I actually leaving on the table? Because I, I feel like we're all in the dark right now. Like, I, I have no idea how much money is out there in mechanical royalties. Does yeah. anyone? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 is, it is hard to know what you don't know. Um, I certainly think if, you, if, you, if you're building your business, you know, you can always take an incremental approach. And in that, you know, you can start, sign up with us. Mm -hmm. See what those royalties are like, and then you can start, you know, to track your streams in other countries and see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I think you know, one of the ways to think about it is um, is your time, right? Because you, you're you you kind of framed it as you know, does it make sense economically? But you know, another thing you have to think about is if you do this all on your own, mm -hmm. right? Now you're responsible for putting all your data in in our database if we don't have it. Um, presumably oh. when you sign up for one of these services, right, you put all your information in the first time when you release your tracks, and then they pass that information up through the chain to the DSPs. It gets back to us, gets in our database, mm -hmm. and assuming you put all the information you needed in the front end, you're good. Right. But, you know, if you do it on your own, now you've got to make sure that the data that we have is accurate and complete. And well, we've tried to make that really easy. Um, you you may know and, and and may have talked about the fact that you know we now have a public database of musical works ownership information. Mm -hmm. You go to our website, top right page. There are three buttons. The yellow button, the first one, says public search. You mm -hmm. click on that. You can search our entire da database. You can look for your songs, your friends' songs, your superstar songs, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at it there, but but it can be a lot of work to enter and manage your data. It's not easy. And and that's where, you know, that 15% may right. quickly feel like, hey, that's that's a, a great deal because the time you would have spent 
registering stuff and managing it and monitoring it, that's time you can now spend making music as opposed to sitting at your computer managing your data. 100%. You got to make, you know, you got to make that choice. And, and, and it is hard. It's hard to know um, where that line is, especially I think for indie artists, because, you know, for a lot of indie artists, this is not about making millions of dollars, right? It's Mm -hmm. about hopefully making a living, making great music Mm -hmm. and not having to work two or three day jobs to, to support that. So um, that's why, again, I don't think there are any easy answers. It really comes down to your situation and, you know, both how much money you're making and how much time you want to spend doing it. I know some really talented independent um, writers with really significant catalogs, and they tell me all the time they spend a ton of time managing this stuff. Mm -hmm. You can do it. You can get your own sub-publishers in countries around the world, set up a network. You can do it. It's possible. You just have to decide if that's the right thing for you. Yeah, and it's definitely me personally not the right thing. And and I'm I personally I'm happy to take that fifteen percent uh hit for the headaches that I'm being saved from because you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it is a lot of time and work and effort, and I w- would prefer somebody to handle that. So I have enlisted Song Trust personally. I'm like, please, I'm happy to pay you fifteen percent to handle all this. Now it is worth noting. Um, cause this is a, a common confusion out there, um, that if you have song trust, you don't actually, or, or any, any publisher, any admin publisher, literally anyone handling your, your publishing administration, you input that data to them once, and then they send it out to everyone else, including the MLC and ASCAP and being, so like a lot of people, uh, will, you know, Here's where it's confusing is like a lot of people are, are registered with ASCAP and BMI because you have to be registered as a songwriter with a performing rights organization locally. You yep. don't have to be registered as a songwriter with the MLC if you have an ad, if you have a publisher or somebody collecting that. Yeah, um, let's let's talk about that because that's another great one. Right. So on the performance side, the those royalties are divided into two pools, a writer's pool and a publisher's pool. Yeah. And um and that means that everyone who writes can and should join a PRO because that writer share only gets paid to you as the writer. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a publisher, then you can essentially set up your own publishing company to cover to collect the other share because you're mm-hmm. still you're still entitled to that money. Um, on the mechanical side, there is no similar split between a writer share and a publisher share. There is simply a mechanical royalty. So that means if you've signed up for a song trust or if you have a music publisher, they can collect 100% of those mechanicals on your mm-hmm. behalf, and then they they split it however your deal works, the 15% for them, 85% for you, whatever. Right. Um, same is true if you're self-administered. If you don't have a publisher, if you don't work with a, a pub admin like song trust, you can then sign up to be a member and collect 100%. So mm-hmm. basically, that means if you co-wrote a song with a writer who signed with the biggest publishing company in the world you're going to get the same amount in royalties on your 50% share of that song as the published writer's publishing company is going to get because you're essentially your own publishing company. Right, right. That makes sense. So that's why not every songwriter needs to become a member of the MLC. It's only songwriters who act as their own publisher and and then only for those songs that they self-publish. If you are fully published, if you've got to deal with you know, a big publishing company, small publishing company, and they manage all your stuff, you're good. You don't have to sign up with us as long as your publisher has. And most of them have gotten that message and they've signed up, but ask to be sure. Right, right, right. No, it's a great point. Um, Okay. You mentioned public search earlier, and I have used the public search on the MLC's website. I've I've looked at, 
I've searched my own music. Uh, where does this database come from? <laughs> Great question. So um, the uh, our organization was designated to be the Mechanical Licensing Collective under the law um, not not quite two years ago. I think it was two years ago this coming July. Uh -huh. So when we were when this group was designated, um, essentially they were designated 18 months before license availability date this past January 1st, when all this had to be operational. Right. The board quickly realized we're not going to be able to build a database from scratch in 18 months. Way too hard and not enough time. And as a practical matter, probably doesn't make sense to do it because if folks have already put their data into someone else's database, right. let's start there. So the board set out, um, essentially set up an RFP process and said to the world, if you've got a big data set and you think you can be a, a vendor for us and help us do some of this administrative stuff, we'd love to hear your proposal. About a dozen companies started that process. It was winnowed down um, at the end to um, a smaller number. And then from that, the board selected Harry Fox to be a vendor for the MLC, one of our vendors. And one of the big things that they did was they essentially um, shared their existing data with us. Mm -hmm. So that became the foundation for the MLC's database, the starting point. Now, a lot of people know HFA and a lot of people say, well, why'd you pick them? Why didn't you pick someone else? Um, we could have picked any number of people who were willing to do it, but the point was that no database is perfect. And I know mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. every database has its gaps, but what the board wanted was to find a company that had a really good database, a really extensive database, a lot of works, because that would give us a really good head start. So since that starting point, we've been now adding data as we bring members um, into the MLC, um, members have the ability to register new works, amend existing works, um, and, and that has grown the database. So since, since we launched our public database right before uh, the end of the year, we've had more than a million works registered. Mm. So significant addition to that. And, um, and that, that will continue to be how things work. People will register new works, we'll add them to the database. So if you look at our database today, um, you might not see all your songs, or you might see something that's not right with your song. Mm -hmm. The database wasn't perfect. It, it will probably never be perfect because the data changes so much and there are new mm -hmm. songs written every day. But the key is, whatever the state of your data is, you can see it. Mm. And if you can see it, then you can take some action. And that was one of the really key, um, I think, benefits of the MMA. In the past, these databases existed, but you had a more limited ability to see the data. Mm -hmm. And you certainly may not have had the ability to see other people's data. So yeah. you didn't know if other people were claiming yourself by mistake, you just saw what you got. Um, now all the data is available. Like I said, you can look up the data for your songs. You could look up the data for your friend's songs. You could look up the data for your favorite songwriters of all times. Yeah. It's yeah. all available. And, um, and that means that you can see it and see if it's right or wrong or complete or incomplete and then work with your partner, if you have one, mm -hmm. to fix it. Or if it's yourself administered, you can fix it yourself. Mm. So I'm so, thrilled that you've been looking at the database. And if there are any writers that listen that are working with a song trust or a tune core or a publisher, mm -hmm. we still encourage you to check the data. Because mm. what's the one thing that's true, right? Who cares more about the accuracy of your data, Ari? <laughs> me right, right. exactly and yeah. that's true for everybody so check your stuff because you're going to be paying attention to it and you're going to know your data better than anybody right you know, your right. partners are great i'm sure but yeah. if you call up and say hey i noticed that you're missing one of my songs there was something not right 
they're not going to be like, oh, why'd you call and tell us? You're going to be like, thanks so much. That was great. Yeah. And they'll work to get it fixed. So in right. that way, we've almost created a crowdsourcing dynamic where every mm -hmm. writer has the ability to see their data and then either update it themselves or work with their partners to do that. And that's a really important dynamic. Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that, for me at this point, is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. That's great. Um, so the headlines are that uh, there's over $400 million of unclaimed, unmatched royalties that all these DSPs were sitting on, and then they dumped into the MLC, and they're like, thank you for taking this money off our hands. We have no idea who to pay with this. You figure it out. We're happy to pay you for it now. So now the MLC is sitting on over $400 million of unclaimed royalties that I'm happy to hear you can't touch. You can't pocket yourself. Um, <laughs> At but, all. <laughs> right. But uh, I searched the database, and I was I was hoping to see, like, oh, Ari, you have $7,000 of this $400 million. Click here to deposit this in your checking account. But there was no <laughs> number like that. So how are – one, is that ever coming where I can just like look up to see how much unclaimed, unmatched money there is out there for me? But two, how are you matching these $400 million? Yeah, great questions. So uh, the answer is yes, you will be able to do something like that. Um, you can't do it yet for a couple of reasons. One, we don't yet have all the data for that, um, that unmatched money, the historical unmatched. The DSPs have until June 15th to deliver the remaining tranche of data and in that data includes a really important data point, and that is um, the people that they did pay on some of that stuff. Right. So let's say you co-wrote a song with three buddies, right, the yeah. four of you, and two of you got royalties, but two of you didn't. Yeah. We got the money for the shares that were not paid, but we don't yet know which two of you got paid. So until we know that, right, we can't do anything with the money because if we just said, okay, there are four of you, we'll distribute the money to the four of you, two of you would get extra money, and right. then the two of you who didn't get anything, you'd get less than you should have. So that prior paid stuff is a really important piece of the puzzle. And, and how are you figuring that out? Well, the services have to give us that data by June 15th. Once we have that data, then we've got all the pieces of the puzzle, but now we got to put the puzzle together. Yeah. So- 
Um, and that's going to mean taking the data from each digital service file by file, loading it into the system, doing some initial matching, and then beginning to make it available. There's some other wildcards, the rates again we talked about, right? Those rates are not yet final. So we're going to have to wait and see how that plays out because in a perfect world, the rates would get settled for Phono 3 and then we would know how much they owed and mm -hmm. they may have to pay more money. It could be that they didn't pay us enough because they paid us under Phono 2, not Phono 3. Um, what does Phono 2, Phono 3 mean? Meaning the last set of rates right now because oh. the, the third set of rates is still up in the air. Um, we are paying out royalties based on the last set of rights, the mm -hmm. second set of rights, or the Phono 2 rates, mm. um, which is great, right? Because we're paying something. Right. But when that third set is finally settled, it could be that the services owe us more on the royalties for January that we just distributed, as well as the historical. Gotcha. So we gotta wait, not we have to wait, but we are waiting to see how that plays out. But let me go back to the process, because I think yep. it's maybe easier to understand like this. First of all, you're right that you can't go to the, the portal and see the dollars, but you can see the data. So let's go back again to that scenario where you co-wrote a song with three buddies, four, mm -hmm. four writers. Um, if you look up your song in our database on the public search, um, there are a few things you might see. First, you might not find your song. That likely means if you searched right, that it's not registered. If your song isn't registered, it probably wasn't registered with HFA before, which means there's a good chance that any royalties that were going through HFA before the MMA are, are unmatched and on hold, mm -hmm. which means you've got money with us. So if you look for your song and you don't find it in our database, pretty good chance that there's some unmatched royalties for you. Hmm. If you find your song and your share isn't registered, so next to every song, there's a percentage. Mm -hmm. This is 100%, it means People have claimed 100% of the shares, but let's say it says 50%. And when it's less than 100, I think the circle turns blue. So it makes mm -hmm. it a little more obvious. If your song is only 50% claimed, that means half the royalties for that song are probably not being paid because we don't know who gets that 50%. So you can go to our database today. And if you see that, oh, wow, my two buddies registered their shares for my song, but I didn't register mine, mine's missing. Again, you're probably owed some money. Uh -huh. Because if we don't know that that's your share, we can't pay you. So today, right now, you can figure that out by going to the database. And and to clarify, don't have to be a member. Anyone can go to this database for Anyone right can now. do it. Exactly. Right. Okay. Now, um, we just paid January, okay. the January uh, royalties that we got. So as about a week ago, we have some sense of what is unmatched for January. So the mm. first thing we're going to do is we're going to um, finish building this claiming portal that will allow you to see the view of that data more through the lens of the royalties that weren't paid. And hopefully we will launch that in June sometime. That's our target. And then you'll be able to see your unmatched for January and oh. maybe for February. You're unmatched for January if you released a song, let's say, in 2019. Yeah. Well, it'll likely also be unmatched for December and November before. So once right. you see it's un it's unmatched in January and you claim it or you register the work, now you've given us the data that we're going to need, not only to pay you for January, but for all the uses before it. So even though we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle yet, you yep. can give yep. us the pieces of data that we're missing for you. 
now. Yeah. And then when we start processing that stuff later this year, we'll have your data already. And that increases dramatically the chances that the first time we run the matching on that historical stuff, we match it to you and then a check goes out to you the first chance we pay money out. How far back do you go with this matching? As far back as the services. So they were required under the law if they wanted kind of for the waiver of liability, the, the mm-hmm. provision that says you don't, you can't be sued now for not paying royalties. They had to pay the unmatched royalties going back to the time they started their service. Oh. So for a couple of the older services, those unmatched royalties go back to 2010, maybe even 2007, I think. In the database, so I, I, I understand now currently you can see the percentage of what is registered to to you, to each songwriter. Um, did you say that you're going to eventually be able to indicate who has already been paid for those songs and who hasn't? We will know who was paid. So again, on that historical unmatched data, if you co-wrote a song with three other people, it's possible that the service that was using your song found one of your co-writers, but didn't find you. So if if the service paid your co-writer and it didn't pay you, we'll have that data, which will hopefully allow us to then see, oh, we don't have to pay your buddy because your buddy got paid. Uh But this money that we got that was unmatched money for your song, it all goes to you because you were the missing piece. So uh, here's what I want to know, though, is, okay, I search your public search. There's my information. My song is there. It's properly registered with the proper percentage. I still don't know if I've been paid on those songs, though. That's the thing. And I want to be able to search and be like, I have been paid or I haven't been paid because I've been looking at this database. I'm telling you, I've never been a member of Harry Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not I've never done that. So and I and I, you know, um, there are songs in this database. And this is why I want to get a little bit more into the weeds here of how you got this database, because there are songs in this database that I did not register with Song Trust. There are songs in this database that I've only put into the ASCAP database before I had an admin publisher, before Song Trust, before any of that stuff. I was just with ASCAP. I'm telling you, there's a song in there that I've never released that I registered with ASCAP in 2005 when I first learned what ASCAP was. I'm like, oh, I just wrote this song yesterday. I'm going to put it in this database. <laughs> what? Maybe I'll release it someday. I never released it. I never even played it out. I, it was like a demo. I'm like, oh, I'll just... And that's in your database. Like, so one, obviously I've never been paid on that, but like two, where are you getting this database from? Because like HFA is not, that's not a good enough answer for me because it's not in HFA's database. I, I, I can only tell you what, what I know. And that is that <laughs> we started with HFA's data, but, but I, I, I think again, I, without knowing, cause I wasn't ever a part of HFA, um, Every company that was in the business of administration was constantly looking for ways to pull in more data because they mm-hmm. were in the business of paying people. So um, I, I don't know that it is ever going to be knowable, you know, what the source of, of, of data was for any given data point. I don't know that okay. we'll, anyone will ever be explained that. But the, the point, I think, is if that song is in the database and the data is accurate, then that's a win because you don't have to add it. And so again, the the key is is I think more to look at what's there and and to make sure that what's missing is added and what is wrong is corrected because this is now a public resource, right? Mm-hmm. Companies and and sophisticated individuals have the ability to download all of the data in our database. Um, they can subscribe to a bulk download feed. That's something that we were required by law to set up, and um, for a hundred bucks to set up. 
you get access to that. And then the first month of weekly snapshots, we update the data every week. And then every month after that, if you want to keep getting updated data, it's 25 bucks a month. Yeah, but, you know, independent songwriters are not going to want to pay $25 a month for, you know, an ongoing month. No, no, no. But my point is the data now is public. It's out there for sure. everybody. So how it got there um, from ASCAP in 2005, to use your example, through to HFA to us, because I didn't get it from ASCAP directly. Right. I can tell you that. Yeah. We didn't do that. Um, I don't know how that happened. Sure. Um, but it's there now, and everything in our database will forever be public. Yeah. So the key is just get as much of your data in our database as possible because it will help ensure you get paid properly by us. And over time, more and more organizations will be able to leverage that and will yep. start to leverage that data for other purposes. Sure, that makes sense. So, so okay, uh, you mentioned a few fees. Uh, how much is it for somebody to sign up to the MLC? Zero. So the only fees come into play when you want to download the data? The entire database, which okay. is really meant for companies, larger organizations, okay. because it's it's not like you can download it to Excel. You know, it's 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 a dozen tables and it's massive amounts of data. Got it. But the point was the um, Congress wanted the data be to be accessible for all users for whatever purpose they wanted, sure. um, any legitimate purpose. So okay. that's a way to make the data available to large organizations so that they can um, review the data and again, leverage it for whatever business reasons they want or other reasons, researchers can do that. And mm -hmm. then the public search is meant to be the, the interface that you as an individual would use if you wanna check on your 40 songs, right? Because if you're looking at 40 songs, you don't need everything. Right. Um, right. But if you um, want to look at, you know, like if you were a song trust, you might wanna download the entire database because you're managing millions of works. However, I still don't, know uh of the songs that are in your database which ones i have been paid mechanicals for and which ones i have not uh so again we've only paid mechanicals once our first royalty distribution went out last week so okay. up until last week there was literally we had no data on any payments because we'd never paid royalties uh how this used to work prior to the mlc uh just to break it down and correct me if i'm wrong but um, the DSPs in, in the U S, um, would crunch the data and they would pay, uh, well, they would first, um, either hire Harry Fox agency or music reports to crunch this data for them. And then they would, uh, then they would crunch those numbers and then they would send that the DSPs would send this money usually went through, uh, Harry Fox or music reports, and then they would, they're also engaged by their members who are publishers, um, and then they would take that money and send it to the publishers. These are for the mechanicals. Um, and so before, it was much more fragmented. So Spotify, for instance, engaged Harry Fox. Um, but I believe like Pandora engaged music reports or Amazon engaged music reports before. Yeah. So now music reports and Harry Fox are no longer part of this equation. It is all the DSPs, uh, they send the money directly to the MLC. Now, who's crunching these numbers now for them? Are they still engaging Harry Fox and Music Reports to kind of do the data crunching and then send you the money? Certainly, the the, the DSPs have the ability to, to hire companies like MRI or HFA to help them deliver the data to us. 
Uh-huh. Um, if they do that, it's at their cost because, again, they can't deduct that from the royalties. Right. Um, there are some services that have done it themselves, um, and 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 there are still some that like to do it themselves. Gotcha. But but once the data gets delivered to us, and all that data has to be delivered in a very specific um, set of formats that we developed that reflect the requirements um, imposed by the law and the regulations that the copyright issued on the DSPs, um, once they deliver to us, we then do all that crunching. Mm-hmm. Um, again, HFA is a vendor of ours, so there are things that they help us with, but the MLC is essentially doing all of that itself. Mm-hmm. And then we process all of that um, for our members and we send out um, one check um, for each member for all of those royalties. And then we make available all the data mm-hmm. um, in, in detail form, like Excel type uh, files or compatible files sure. that the member can then download. They can download it all at once or they can do a DSP by DSP. So basically they get one statement now, right? From us per month for everything that comes under the blanket. Cool. So um, now you got all this database from HFA, but that makes me wonder now when Amazon was sending all their, they were sending all their data to MRI, Music Reports Inc. Um, and so all of that information, Amazon, I believe if my numbers are correct, uh, dumped $42 million into the MLC of unclaimed, unmatched money that uh, I've read that from somewhere or another. I have that, but we can, we can verify historical. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The historical money. That's, yeah. that's correct. Um, you know, Apple paid in, contributed $163 million. Spotify sent yeah. over $153 million. Yeah. Uh, 42 million came from Amazon. 32 million came from Google, YouTube. So, yeah. so uh, of the historical money, the $42 million that came from Amazon, I guess I'm I'm curious about uh, since MRI was handling those reports previously for Amazon. How do you know? Uh, I, I guess like how do you know what Amazon the calculations there for the historical data because that didn't get that wasn't filtered through HFA before. Right. So they still have to give us a lot of data about the historical royalties so mm-hmm. that we can calculate um, the royalties due on the rest. So it's not, okay. you know, and, and in the information you were getting, by the way, for your listeners, that's that's all on our website. We published the breakdown by DSP and you can actually go further and see the, the breakdown for each DSP by month. Huh. Um, so there's quite a lot of detail on the website, um, but they 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 weren't just allowed to write a check. They had to write a check and uh, provide us with a lot of data, a ton okay. of data. Um, I actually don't remember um, specifically now, but in the press release we issued back in February, um, I think it was something like almost 2,000 files, and it was a, a massive um, amount of data. We had some statistics there. So all mm-hmm. of that data, um, you know, which was um, um, the, the, the specifics of that were set by the regulations the Copyright Office issued, it was intended to give us all the tools that we need, all the information we need to do all those calculations properly. Mm-hmm. So um, again, haven't gotten there yet because we haven't got all the data, but sure. the hope and the expectation is that we will have gotten everything that we need to distribute that accurately. And again, the key to that is 
your data has to be in our database, right? If we right. if we don't have your data and we don't have your information, if we don't know how to pay you, we can't pay you. Right. Um, that's why it's so important that for every songwriter, you solve for your connection with us. It can be through SongTrust or TuneCore or CD Baby Pro. Um, it could be through a music publisher. It could be through an administrator that you're hired. That's another category. There are companies that just provide administration, um, but they're not doing it on a massive scale like some of the other companies we mentioned. Any of those work, mm-hmm. but if you're not connected with any of them and you don't join the MLC, which just means you give us your banking information so that we can write you a check right. or send you a payment. We do we want to do this all electronically. If, if we don't have any way to connect with you, then we won't be able to pay you and we probably won't be able to match any of that historic money to you. And that's right. that's the scenario we're trying to avoid. Will there ever be uh, a line item in this database, the public database that says... Uh, okay, uh, Like Home by the songwriter Ari Seth Hurstand, 100% administered by Song Trust. So when I look up this database, I'm like, oh, the MLC is paying Song Trust. I don't have to worry about it. And then, but if I see my song, uh, Fine Without Me, Ari Seth Hurstand, 100% no administrator, administrator, I'm like, oh, wow, here's a hiccup here. So, like, I got yeah. paid through Song Trust from Like Home, but I did not get paid for Song Trust for Fine Without Me. It should be there right now. Yeah, there, there are there are two types of publishers that we list in the database, um, a, a publisher and an administrator. So in okay. that instance, you should be the publisher, your entity, and then Song Trust should be the administrator or, or the entity that Song Trust has set up. So you should be able to see that in the database right now. And you'll mm-hmm. see some, some songs, the shares only have a publisher and others have a publisher and an administrator. So it, it just depends on how people have set up their shares. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at, I'm on your database right now. And cool. I, and I, and I Tell do Tell me what want... you're looking at. I'll go there too. Yeah. So I, I just searched Ari Seth Herstand as writer name because that's my writer name. Now there's 93 titles. I haven't released 93 songs. That was where I'm saying like some of these, you know, these old songs. But I'm looking at, for instance, okay, page one. Here we go. Clean up. There's one writer on it. That makes it easier. Uh, writer roles, composer, publisher. Oh, see here. Oh, I'm glad we're doing this. This is this is inaccurate data right here. And this <laughs> is uh, how we're going to have to. Uh, was this your publisher, Proud Honeybee Music? So my that is my that was my vanity publishing company that I set up through ASCAP before I had a publisher so I could get my 100% because if you know with ASCAP you have to have a vanity publishing company to get your you, publisher share to get your publisher share. So yep. I, I had Proud Honeybee Music set up. Now I used to be with TuneCore Publishing as it mm-hmm. says right here TuneCore Publishing takes 100% of the money. Yep. I haven't been with them for about 4 years. And we did send the letter of directions when I switched over to Song Trust to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that should have been switched over. So now we're looking at inaccurate data here. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, great. The MLC just paid all of my mechanicals to TuneCore. And now TuneCore is going to be sitting on this. I would have to go contact TuneCore. I'm like, wait a minute. You don't have the rights to collect this money. So now what are they going to do? Hopefully they're going to pay me or pay Song Trust or something. What goes on in this situation? So you definitely want to reach out to, to, to your, your current administrator and let them know, and then they can contact us. And, um, and first, we'll get the registration change. Um, in this case, TuneCore would have to relinquish their claim, which 
Sounds like they've already done because yep. you've got an LOD, so that's easy. Then we would switch it to SongTrust. Then we would look and see if in January we actually paid royalties out on this. And if we did, um, they could either work it out themselves or we could potentially work with them to set up a, a credit and a debit where we debit that money from TuneCore's next payment, we credit it to SongTrust, and then it gets to you. So the starting point is always the data, right? Mm -hmm. And this, this really underscores, sorry, I'm really glad you did this, why it's so important for everybody to look. Because again, in the past, you wouldn't have known this and you might not have had a way to know it. But now right. you can look and you can see that. You can say, okay, yeah, something didn't work in the past, but I can see that. And now I can call SongTrust and they can get that fixed. They will, they're great. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we'll get it corrected. And hopefully that happens you know, in a matter of weeks or months. And then you 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 get it corrected, and then we're only talking about a small amount of money that we've got to fix. Um, so that's that's this is a great example of why every writer can and should check their data because you knew that in two seconds. And and here's another good one. Um, I'm I'm going through this record right now. Online dating rituals of the American male CU. I have no idea what that is. That is not a song that I've ever heard of. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I definitely oh. didn't write that song. <laughs> Just I don't even know what that is. Uh, um, you're a step ahead of me because I'm looking through the at the works directly. So let's see if I can find online dating rituals of the American male. It says I'm 100% writer of this song. Uh, it says song trust is the administrator, which I've never gave them that data. I don't even know. That's a, that's interesting. So that's one of these songs I never wrote. Crazy. And that's you, right? That's your, uh, your writer IPI. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what. my correct writer name. And so uh, whoever wrote that song, it's a long, it's an interesting title. Uh, yeah, don't know about that one. But, you know, um, again, this is the kind of thing, this underscores another fundamental point that we try to make every time we talk to people. And it and it's hard, right? Because I was a musician when I was younger, I still play music. I, I played music because I love music. You make music, that's your passion, but to get paid properly, your data has to be accurate. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is this is a lot less complicated than the kind of high-tech recording technology that exists, but you still have to do that. And um, and the good news is now everybody can do it, but the bad news is um, you know, the data is only as good as it was historically. So we we can't, I can't tell you why that's there, but what I can tell you is I'm so happy you saw it. Yeah. And now well, you can fix it. And once right. it's fixed, it'll be fixed. And you'll see that it's fixed. And every couple of months, you can check in and say, hey, my stuff still looks good. And you'll always know you're getting paid properly on the stuff that you should be paid on. Can I search by song title? This is like, I'm like going page by page by page. And I'm yeah, like, I'm so if you that's what I was doing. If you go yeah. to work title, and then you put on online dating rituals, and then you hit the plus button below that, you can refine the search and oh, put your writer great. name. Okay. Because I'm like, so, I want to find my song together, but that's uh there's a gazillion songs called Together out there. And I'm trying to see if like this one is actually writer name, writer API, publisher name, publisher. Wait, how do I a oh, work title? Right. So, so if, if I you do search together. together and then you put in your name, and I've just mm -hmm. been putting Ari because yeah. I was figuring that that works. Um now there uh -huh. we still get 47 results. So there I've got to go back and refine it and uh Okay. Um, and put in maybe your last name. But the point is you can pretty quickly refine it. And if you know you Got go you're, you're a writer IPI, that's that should be a, a direct hit because your writer right. IPI is, is a unique number. But um cool. I'm just gonna put in her stand. Yeah. Her stand. That's a much easier name to spell when you kind of break down the pieces. It's a compound word. <laughs> I, I love that. My name does not lend itself. So right, I put in together in her stand and boom. 
I find one song. It's your song together, 100% claimed. Yeah. And it's Song Trust is the administrator, Proud Honeybee Music. So that one looks good to me. That is correct. Um, oh, so here this refined. All right. So that that's cool. That I'll I'll play around with this a little bit more. I was. Um, I see how this it's kind of fun, right? Like working. you get a bunch of friends together, gets if you you know your drink of choice, and you can kind of do. <laughs> let's like look up our songs and do a little data party. Like it isn't that hard. It's not that complicated, but it yeah. you know it's powerful stuff because now yeah. now you know. Yes. Okay. So now, so here here's an interesting thing. So for instance, um, my song uh, "Repetition" um, is through my funk band Brass Roots District. It was released uh, a couple years ago. Now, I co-wrote this with uh, Stephanie Nina Story here, and you see that here. There's two writers. However, there's only two publishers, and that's uh, Proud Honeybee Music, we've, we've learned, is my vanity publishing company, which doesn't collect anything. And Song Trust has 50%. Now, is it is it true here that, that uh, Nina, uh, is what she goes by, uh, does not have anyone collecting her mechanicals on this? Because I'm seeing that this song, Repetition, by... Ari yeah, said I found it. You're yeah. exactly right. So if you know that that was a 50-50 split, you yeah. and she split the rights 50%, yeah. your share is obviously registered, hers isn't. So now you can call her up and say, hey, Nina, that song that we recorded, just FYI, you're not there. You you might want to, you know, if you're doing it on your own, sign up with the MLC, register your 50%. Mm. Or if you work with, you know, another company, get them to get your share in there because you'll get paid and she won't. That is important. Okay, yes. that's good to know. And this is where, again, right, the community factor comes in because I'm sure she's wonderful and you didn't write a song with her because you hate her and you don't want to see her again. You, <laughs> you know, you're friends and you like her. So in the course of doing that for yourself, you'll see something like that and you can like, hey, next time you see her, yep. Nina, great to see you. By the way, check out the database. Like your share is missing for our song. Right. And you can help her get paid. How long do people have to collect this money because Nina, I'm looking at my other collaborator, Brett, other people I've written with, they're also not in here. They don't have an admin, uh, someone collecting their money. A lot of people, if they're not listening to this right now, are going to read my article on Ari's take about it, may not know about the MLC for a little while. So how long are you holding on to their money before you're like, you know what? It's not your money anymore. So hopefully they are listening. So Nina, Brett, join the MLC <laughs> or get on the phone with your administrator um, and tell your friends. Um, but again, we're literally at the beginning of the process, right? So we just got the January royalties out. Um, the law requires us to hold unmatched royalties for at least three years for the new stuff. And, um, and for the historical stuff, we've got to hold it at least until January of 2023, which is um, a couple of years and change ahead. So that's the earliest that anything could happen. So mm. folks have got several years now to do this. And we're out there all the time talking to as many people as we can. You know, my colleague, Ellen, and I, who's behind the scenes with us now, we joke all the time, like, we'll do any webinar with anyone at any time. I'll come back and do your, your podcast area every week if you want. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're, we've, we've done 150 plus webinars since last May. We've had more than 17,000 people attend. So we're doing everything we can to spread the word. But sure. the point is you've got several years at a minimum. And then, you know, our board um, is advised in this area by a committee of, of self-administered songwriters and smaller publishers called the Unclaimed Royalties Committee. Their job is to recommend policies for the board to approve on things like how long do we hold the money? 
Mm-hmm. And what I can tell you is in the discussions we've had to date with the board, we are 100% aligned on not paying out this money, not distributing this remaining money um, years from now, um, uh, if we're still matching it, right? Because we want to match it. We want to pay the right people. So um, we're we're several years away from being able to do it and probably a few more before we decide to do it, mm. which means there's lots of time. But like everything in life, don't wait, yep. right? The sooner yep. you get your stuff in there, the better. And cool. that's why this is the one instance where we want, we want folks doing their homework on Monday morning, not waiting till Sunday night. Yes, yes, I, I love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much. This is so incredibly complicated, but helpful. <laughs> but but you did a great job at breaking this all down. And, uh, and, and I think there's some really strong takeaways here. And we're going to encourage everybody to look at this database right now and make sure you're getting your money because that's the most important part of this whole part. Um, and I appreciate, I think I speak for, for all the songwriters out there, we appreciate the work that you're doing. And we so appreciate that this is finally streamlined and that there is a mechanism in place to help us get our money because it's yeah. so complicated. Because it's out your there. money, yes. My, I mean, and, yeah. And, and if I could say just two, two or three things. One, um, you know, we do want to help make it less complicated, and we have a lot of great content on our website. For example, we have a chart on our website that shows the different revenue streams we were talking about: performance, mechanicals, and mm-hmm. then the record side, your record royalties, and then the royalties you can get from Sound Exchange. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a great thing you can go find on our website, print it out, and then kind of use that to be like, okay, am I getting paid those four revenue streams? Like, that's a great start. So that's yes. on our website, and there are that's lots awesome. of other one sheets there for songwriters that will help explain stuff. We also have a great support team. We have more than 20 people, employees of the MLC. They man the phones, they answer the emails, and there's a chat in the portal once you become a member. They're available 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, awesome. 8 to 8 Central. So that picks up early birds on the East Coast and, and folks <laughs> on the West Coast. Like wherever you are, there's a huge chunk of your day where you can reach us. And then Saturday, nine hours, 8 to 5 Central. Who's open on Saturday? So we're around and all of them are there to talk to you one-on-one. So when we talk about like, it's so complicated and, you know, what do I do for my stuff? Call them and tell them your story. They want to listen. They want to hear it. And they'll try to help you kind of maneuver all this. So that's another thing we can do or you can do to kind of help get a handle on this. And then the last thing is um, follow us on social media. We post a lot on social media. We're going to post more and more information as time goes on. Um, so there are lots of ways to get information. We have a great newsletter that we publish every month that you can yeah. sign up for. Um, so hopefully if you connect with us in one of those ways, um, that'll help. And we definitely want to help you understand not just what we do, but how we fit into that broader landscape so that you get paid all the money you're entitled to. I love it. And your website is is very helpful. I was I was spending a lot of time on the frequently asked questions and and it was it was helpful in writing this report up. And you and, found a typo that we fixed. Kudos. And I found a typo. You're darn right. I'm glad. <laughs> it's all real time, man. We built all of this in the last 12 months. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's Speaking good. of which, I want that if you can g- give me that list. The typo that I found was was uh, you, you. There was a note there saying like, "Hey, we should add a list of all the international CMOs out there." And I'm like, "Yeah, you should. I would love that." So it's like, going up, and you'll get attribution. It is beautiful. going up. So hopefully, in the next couple yeah. weeks, we'll get that up there. More than amazing. 50. That would that be super awesome. helpful. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, this was this is super helpful, and I really appreciate the time. Hey, thank you, man. You do a great job educating people, and I'm really, really thrilled that I could join you. It's totally. awesome. All right. Take okay. care. Bye. 
episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. 